2: The best place to be a cricket fan.
1: You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Once again, we've got a lot to pack into the show. We'll discuss a pretty seismic week for English cricket as Test Captain Joe Root steps down, and former England batter Rob Key has been appointed the new Managing Director of England Men's Cricket. We'll get the views of his former teammate, Mark Butcher. We'll also speak live with the Overton brothers, Craig and Jamie, with the pair taking a combined 21 wickets, for Surrey and Somerset between them this week. We'll also look back at round 2 of the county championship, so plenty to come over the next hour. You're listening as always to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2.
2: Every kid dreams of being England captain one day and uh, it's been a very special couple of days and um, very proud. Well, a special time, a terrific time. England's captain is what dreams are made of. Fabulous time, Joroo
1: 100. Wonderful way to start here as captain. Oh an edge, there it
0: is!
2: Look at the Aussies! That's the little It's back with the Australians! I
0: think one of the most frustrating things is it that we haven't been blown away.
3: Up goes the finger, and that is a fitting end. England have won this Test match by 60 runs and
0: wrap up the series 3-1. I'm pretty happy with the way things have gone and you know my position as captain.
1: The news from Palakali is that Joe Root's team have beaten Sri Lanka by 57 runs. They've taken the series. Yeah, I'm in a uh, good place right now. It's been a good, <laughs> good uh, tour.
2: Ben Stokes facing Cummins, cuts away and he takes the four that wins the game for England! Joel Wilson taps his shoulders, raises his finger,
1: and England have won the series 3-1. They win by 191 runs. As I keep saying, we're not the finished article by any means. Oh, we're bold. Yes, yes, really well bold. A little nick from Jasprit Brummer and the test match is over. England win. Some people predicting 4-0 this series uh, to India, but England have won the first test by 227 runs. Fine rearguard innings from Lawrence, but England have been bowled out for just 135. India win by an innings and 25 runs to wrap up the series by three test matches to one. As an England captain, as any captain of any
2: team, you always want your best players available all of the time, but it doesn't work like that, unfortunately and that'll do nicely for England. They squared a series.
1: I mean, to see him go on and become England's most successful captain, of uh, all those test wins was superb yesterday. something I've been looking forward to seeing uh, for a while. Bowden! There it is!
2: The Australians up! They retain the ashes on the back of a hometown hero, destroying England An innings of 14 runs, 3-0. Yeah,
3: I'd love the opportunity to keep to take this team forward and to turn, turn things around. If that decision's taken out of my hands, and so be it. But I'd love the opportunity to, to carry that forward. The flags are waved now
4: because West Indies have recorded a fine victory here in Grenada. They've beaten England by 10 wickets and they've taken the series by one match to nil. I
1: think I've made it quite clear about uh, how I feel about this team. I'm very passionate. I feel like I've got the support of the guys behind me um, to take the team forward and, um, you know, I'm. Yeah. That's not changed. That's not changed at all. Tommy, um, I guess we all saw it coming. Um, you know, there were a lot of people who were still hanging on in support of Joe Root, but ultimately, I think the writing was on the wall a little while ago.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not surprised. I'm happy for Joe. I think it's time for Joe to you know, unburden himself. The pressure never got to him from a run scoring point of view. Um, performance point of view never got to him I always felt some of the times when you know Michael Atherton was quite critical of, of his what, tactical uh, tactical announce and his cricket brain and anything like that I just think sometimes the people that was bowling for him how on earth can you set fields when people are bowling halfway down or you know they can't bowl to a field and you're getting criticised for being you know technically inept I thought that was a bit of a, a tough call on him but the problem is there isn't, there isn't any sort of big candidates to come and that just shows you the level of where the England Red Bull team's been in the last three or four years. The right man for the England captaincy is Joe Root. Unfortunately, he's been in position for so long now and I think it's time for him to change. And how we get to the next point, I'm not so sure. I think, but from Joe's, for me, from Joe's point of view, he should be enormously proud of what he's done he should be enormously fulfilled in the, the games he's captained in, the wins he's had, the record he's got, and even with tough times, real tough times over the course of the last eighteen months, it's never let his batting down. And that, for me, is testament to the to the guy. I think he's I think he's done a wonderful job for England.
1: So um, he leaves having won the most Tests um, and scored twenty seven and scored the most runs as England captain. But ultimately, it's a results business, isn't it? And um, England have won just one of their last 17 test matches, haven't won in uh, in nine games. So how will he be remembered? That's a, that's a really tough
0: one because
1: he should be remembered.
0: He will be remembered when he's finished as one of the best players, if not the best player that England have ever produced. From a captaincy point of view, well... You can't criticise his numbers because he's won more test matches than anybody else. His captains, obviously, are a hell of a lot more than, than anybody else. It'd be very, very short-sighted of people to, to criticise his captaincy off the back of what's happened in recent past because I think the recent past, you've had COVID, you've had manage bubbles, all the stuff that's gone with it. He hasn't had a bone attack for two years. No archer, no wood. Ron Anderson in and out because they're trying to look after him I and... Mean, we had a selection panel that tried to reinvent the wheel. That went against him. So his numbers tell you that he's had a, a really good go at it and he's been been a successful England captain. Looking over as a whole, I think he should be proud of, In uh, England should be proud of having, you know, of had Joe as captain.
1: I'm not sure that his captaincy will be remembered. You know, he's got more runs at this stage of his career after test matches and age than Sachin Tendulkar at a similar time. I think there's an awful lot more to come of Joe Root. And I think that, mm. um, I think that when, when, the, when Joe Root is remembered, when he finally hangs his bat up, Um, It will be for his runs and his hundreds. Let's move on to Rob Key then, Managing Director of England Cricket. Um, The biggest concern or criticism, if that's the right word, is his lack of administrative experience. Let's hear from Michael Atherton uh, speaking on Sky Sports News uh, uh, on exactly that subject.
3: What he doesn't have is the kind of managerial experience, if you like. This is a a managerial type job and he doesn't have that experience because he, he went into commentary and punditry after his career finished so he will pick up that experience i mean that that lack of experience didn't hinder andrew strauss in the past uh, and it didn't inoculate ashley giles from the difficulties giles had a lot of management experience with warwickshire and lancashire and had done an academic degree in sporting directorship so there's no guarantee whether you've got the experience or
1: not
3: whether you're going to make a success of the job you never quite know he's
1: he's knowledgeable he's extremely enthusiastic We'll hear later on from uh, Nasser Hussain, who reminds us that, oh, no, Mark Butcher, actually, who says that he has a healthy dose of cynicism. He's a man that you know very, very well. Surely it's, it's his knowledge of cricket, the game, um, everything it stands for, and most of all, his passion. That's I mean, he can delegate the book work and the, <laughs> the, the, the administration can't. He, I mean, he could get, get, get a good team of people around him, and he could be absolutely brilliant. I think he will be brilliant,
0: Manners, and I'm biased. I'm always going to say he's going to be brilliant. The one thing, the, the, the biggest thing that that he has got, the biggest trait he's got, when when people say you know, he acts a fool, the biggest thing he does, he doesn't suffer fools. And I think the problem the ECB have had over the course of the last five or six years is the clowns that say the right things, but have got no substance behind them. The one thing Kesey will do, he'll have substance behind him, because... He's he's the most loyal man I've ever met. If you've ever want to, we talk, We work in a professional, you know, professional environment. Sports, you know that. Not many, not many teammates you call is, is somebody you want to your close friends or, or somebody that you can trust with your life. I trust Keasy with mine because of the what we've what he's done for me and what he's gone through with me, um, and he's helped me through a lot. So I'm biased, but I think this this guy will. Do it properly, we'll do it right, and I think he'll do it successfully. Because if the ECB allow him to make decisions, and like you say, he can he can palm the paperwork off on to, to good people who he l- willn't trust um, to do the right to do the job for him and do the right things for him, and he is there to make decisions, then I think England are on to a good thing. I really do. I feel sorry for Ashley Giles because of the two years COVID that he had to go through, but I don't think Ashley Giles helped himself with. You know this decision some of the decisions he made which is remove the selection panel give everything to, to Chris Silverwood I didn't think that that served served well so I think that might that might change and when people say about his inexperience well Ashley Giles had managing directorship twice at two different counties director of cricket at two different counties in Warwickshire and Lancashire he went on a three-year course uh, a sports management course I think at Manchester University so and that didn't work so why? Why can't Kizzy come out straight out of the commentary box and say, "Right, you know the basic things we need, we'll get right from the start and we'll build from there." And I've got no doubt that's what he looked to do.
1: Okay, um, you're talking about the ECB and Rob Key as if they're in different camps. They are. They are now, of course, what yeah. one, one and the same thing. So hopefully, he will <laughs> allow himself to make the decisions that he thinks are in the best interest of England cricket. I said we'd hear from Mark Butcher and get his thoughts. The fact that England got rid of. The, the head the Chief
4: Selector, and got rid of that job in its entirety and handed the whole lot on to poor old Chris Silverwood before it was absolute nonsense. Everybody said so at the time, in particular myself, I was very vociferous about how how that just was going to end in tears. It's ended in tears, and so they're going to need to to reinstate somebody in that role and then I think that person is going to be able, going to have to say, okay well we need to we need to pick a team for now." because this nonsense about trying to pick for four years in in, in in the lead up is just is terrible. They they took a team to to the West Indies which was almost experimental and I'm like, listen, we don't win in the West Indies. Oh, I I was in the last team that won down there in 2004 and the team that won one before them was is 1968. And they took a team they took a team down there that as far as I was concerned had no chance of winning. Um, and they didn't win. And so the bleeding continued, and you lose your captain because of it. Yeah, so you has got true. to start thinking about what you know. Do we have any hardened individuals, sort of uh, guys who are perhaps in their in their early thirties, um, late twenties, as I was when I came back into to an England team under Nasserist, saying in two thousand and one, and people who are going to not be pushed around and going to make England a difficult team to beat, and then you build from there, Get, getting rid of your of your your star players and, and leaving out people like Broad and Anderson when you're a team that struggles to win is just madness to me. And yeah. I think Rob, uh, you know, but, but Rob might see it differently. Well, you the, one, the great thing about, well, I will. I mean, the great thing about <laughs> Rob, of course, is that, is that he is, he has a, a very, very healthy dose of cynicism. He's not, a, <laughs> he's not, a, he's not, he's not a sort of a blazer, blazer and badge wearing ECB type by any means.
1: That was Mark Butcher speaking on the Johnny Owen and friends uh, show on, on talk sport. Just a final word then on, on Butch. Um, well, he talks about picking a team to win England games now. Huh, fancy that. What a thing. It's amazing, isn't it? It's so simple. It
0: is so simple. You know, you've got a game coming on the 2nd of June, and can we pick the best 11 players to, to, to win that game, please? And I think that's, that's what England have got to get back to doing. And uh, hopefully, Kesey can put in a, a, a structure and place selection that have been watching these round kind of counter-championship games all the way up until the 2nd of June. The coaching team who can basically instill some, some belief um, and some steel into the players because we've seen some good things happen in the West Indies, but we've seen some soft things, as usual, come to the fore right at the very end when the, the pressure and the business time was on. I look at the squad that went to the West Indies and it was a joke. And when you're talking about pick a team to win a Test match, well, the one thing that England have always been up until probably COVID has been very, very good and very successful at home. And then that's what we've got to get back to. We've got to get back to winning cricket matches at home. Keezy's got some big decisions to make, but he's also got some structural things he needs to put in place. We've got some fantastic young players building in this country. And now we've got to find a way, once we come out of COVID, of getting the under-19s going overseas tours. You yeah, know, the, the, the National Academy and ear tours going on overseas tours young players going out of their comfort zone in the winter learning how to play cricket in different countries and that will make the the England cricket team better but also you know a bigger pool of players when we go and try and get away from home but at the minute we need to pick 11 players to win at home on the 2nd of June against New Zealand
1: well what a round of championship matches it was for uh, the Overton brothers 21 wickets between them Let's start with Jamie, 8 for 107, only because Surrey won. And unfortunately, Craig's monumental effort of 13 for 87 came in a defeat for Somerset. So, Jamie,
3: um, did, were you aware of what was happening at, at Taunton, by the way? Not while I was out on the pitch, but I was like, I was always looking to see what Craig was up to. Um, I always see what, what what how he's going and what he's, what he's up to. So I was trying to find out as much as I can. But yeah, while you're out on the pitch, you sort of just try and focus on what you're doing.
1: And it went very well for you personally
3: and for Surrey? Yeah, it did. Um, I can't really complain, especially as not many people know, but I wasn't even going to be playing this game. Um, I was, there was a, I think I was told about 20 minutes before that I wasn't even going to be playing. And then a couple, I, mean, I think someone got injured in the warm-up and I was going to be playing. So probably a, a good thing that I didn't have time to think about it. And it's just one of those things that just just happened naturally.
0: And Craig, after the, the, the winter, I was, I'm always intrigued to ask bowlers what it felt like, because you know, from my point of view, you come off an England tour going into domestic summer, you felt as though the level that you had just been at, you felt as though it, not so much it was easier to go into it, but you felt in so much rhythm and so much more belief when you were going back into first-class cricket. Is that what it felt like after the winter with yourself and you know going back home, going to Taunton and and playing on a wicket, which was helpful?
3: Not really, if I'm being honest. Um, because so I had quite a long winter obviously playing not much in Australia and then playing a decent amount in the West Indies, but on wickets that obviously not great for for team bowlers, well. <laughs> like them apart from the Granada one, which did a little bit of life in it, but not still not a massive amount really. But it was we'd noticed in a few sort of in the footage of that stuff and I was there was things that I was doing which weren't helping me. And we, the, the things that I'd been working on for the probably last two years but they snuck back in over the winter and sort of picked up on them with a little bit of footage for with England sent over and then obviously been trying to work on it once I got back um and I'm still nowhere near where I want to be really um which is which is pleasing in a way but obviously disappointing that I can't that I'm not right at the minute but it's it's a a good work in progress that I can keep working on and obviously to get the figures that I did was was special but it was obviously it means that I've still got bits to work on which is good
0: you the, say the, the, the figures that were special, you know, 13 wickets in a in a game, which is just you know ridiculous. But in that second innings, at what point did you feel as though we've got these now? Because you must have gone on the field thinking 85 to win. Now nah, there's that we've we've blown it.
3: I think it was probably probably after the second over when because obviously I got Sam Cook out first over and then Sid got Chef and. Dan Los, Dan Lawrence out in the in their second over. And then they were four for four. And I thought we've got a real chance here now. Cause we'd obviously first innings we bowled, they'd got they were 110 for two, whatever they were, and then we bowled them out for 180. So we, we knew we we had a sniff, but we had to get the main wicket was cookie, really. If we got cookie early, we we thought we had a chance and obviously we got him out second over, and then obviously he goes from there. But the you know we always knew that they were sort of if we did get a few early ones that they that their lower order can be quite dangerous so they can come out and try try and whack a few and get a quick twenty, which is which is gonna hurt you in that, those sort of games. So Rosso came out and did that. He got a bit of luck and played a few, played quite a lot of player misses, but that, that was the way it goes sometimes and we couldn't quite get over the line but we gave her everything.
1: Jamie, um, the oval's not as flat as it used to be. You used to have to score six hundred, or or you weren't in the game batting first. Um, but it, yeah. there's a bit of bit of life in it now. Um, I, I happened to catch the sight of your
3: delivery to Liam Dawson. That was um, well, one of the better balls you've, you've bowled, wasn't it? Yes, probably one of the one, one of the better ones. Um, I've changed my run up, which obviously helps, and I've sort of been able to get a bit more speed going towards the, towards the crease and. A bit more um, energy going towards the target, which, which as a bowler, I think all fast bowlers you, get, you want you want your energy going towards the target, and you would think surprisingly that you think with a longer run up you're having a bit more energy, but for me a shorter run up actually helps me helps myself. So had a couple of weeks of doing that and it, it's feeling really well, and hopefully I can I can keep that sort of energy going forward. Competition for places
1: at the oval is uh, pretty ferocious, Jamie. I mean, are you are you fit and strong and and like raring
3: to go for a a full season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we know we've got a very strong squad and it's it's hard to get into the side, but that's what pushes you forward. I think if you're sort of comfortable in your setting and know you're gonna play every week, then potentially you can get a bit bit lazy with your with your skills and not really work too hard at them. But we know here why well, I know here we've got seven or eight guys that can push themselves forward into, into each squad each week. And I knew I was potentially gonna miss out I missed out the first week and I was potentially gonna miss out this week, but I know that if I keep doing the right things, I'm never going to be too far away. And always as a bowler, you never, you know, injuries aren't too far away. So when you get the chance, you've got to try and take it. And fortunately I took it this week.
0: I think a question for for both of you really on on this week, you're going to come head to head, going, you know, hard at each other. And I think from Jeremy's point of view, playing with the the lineup you've got, the batting unit, the artillery you've got, from Craig's point of view, you know, it's a test match, ground test match. Um, opponents, what's it like, Jeremy, having Ollie Pope in the form that he's in, and you know Ben Folk's international players that are going, and for Craig, you know is this just the next level up of pushing towards that Test match spot in June? If I play against top players on flat pitches, good pitches at the Oval, I'm uh, I'm telling the selectors that I'm uh, I'm here to to be selected.
3: Yeah, it's obviously it's a. Uh... It's obviously, it's going to be a big week for us as a as a club. Anyway, we're obviously having to start the season great with two losses, so it's it's a big game for us as a, as a club, and obviously a big game for me as well. So it's I've, I'm going to have to go go out and ball well for for us, and hopefully put in performance so that we can get back and turn, turn the tables a little bit for us and get that first one on the board and get us going. But we know it's going to be a tough game against Surrey because they've got a powerhouse batting lineup, and their bowling attack can can do damage as well. So we've got to be at our best, and we haven't quite been there yet. But that's that's something that's excited us we, we got so close to beating Essex for our title contenders and we were nowhere near what we could do so that's that's exciting but we, sh- we have to go out and stick to the basics and make sure we do do what we can yeah going on from what Craig said I think the batting lineup we've got here is is, is incredibly strong when everyone's around but we don't say that for to merit we, we still got to go out and do the basics well we've got to start well listening to all the batters especially Popey. he's he wants to score those runs and he goes about the same things all the time. He always, how he starts, how he starts, and then you can build up from there. But if you don't get a start, you can't go, you can't end up averaging 100 like he does at the moment. So he does the same things every game and and it's nice to be in a changing room with him because you sort of take a load of confidence from that.
1: Can I just ask um, both of you about Joe Root stepping down as captain? Obviously, Craig, you've had personal experience just recently uh, with with him as test captain. And and both of you actually about possible replacements. I know that Tom Abel's been mentioned actually as a as a you know for his captaincy. I mean he's needed
3: to get into the team first. But your thoughts, Craig? Yeah, obviously Ruthie's done a phenomenal job for us as a side for the last what was it four or five years, and um, obviously sad to him, see him go. But I think the job that he had over the sort of the last two two and a half years with COVID and stuff and managing sides and still managing to score the amount of runs that he did was just shows how good a player he is and how lucky we are to have him in, in our side. But then going forward it's it's a tricky one. You, there's probably not many in the side that you would go that's that's the natural leader straight away. There's probably there's probably one standout which is probably everyone is on is on their name, but it's sometimes you don't you've seen in the past with Andrew Finsoff and Kevin Pietersen. and sometimes those figures you just want to let them play play their cricket. So I don't know. That'll be an interesting one to go from there, and um, you, otherwise you'd have to bring in someone sort of new and um, give them the captaincy, which is can be a quite a tricky one. So it will be interesting to see what happens from there because it's there's no real proper standouts unless you give it to Stokesy, really. I've got, yeah, not not much more to add to that to be honest. I've had a little bit of the the first COVID sort of season when we played the West Indies in Pakistan. Had, had the bubble with with Rooty, um, obviously a fantastic leader, but. For him, it's, it's, I would say he's probably done it so he can concentrate on his batting a bit more. Um, I know it can be a bit of a burden, but I think it, in the last couple of years, he's done it really well. And I think it's obviously his decision and you're not going to disrespect him for it, but obviously very delighted that he's, he's still going to be playing. That's the main thing.
0: And Craig, what about domestic captains outside? You've spent a bit of time with the likes of James Vince. These names being mentioned. The captain at Sur- uh, Sur- uh, Somerset, Abel. they've been mentioned could you see somebody from the outside coming in? Because you got we've got to remember, it's a fresh start. He's yeah. coming in at the top. You're going to have a new coach. You're going to have a new captain, whoever it is. Could you see somebody coming up from the outside and having a sort of a, a clean pair of eyes to, to sort of put back away from what's happened in the winter and taking them forward?
3: Yeah, you, you could. Obviously, has done really well here. He's obviously sort of the last sort of five, six games. He hasn't gone... How we probably like, but that's that sometimes happens as a as a batter in England when you play in end of end of September early season. Um, Vinci's obviously another big name that he's actually had international experience playing and done okay's probably hasn't scored the hundreds that he probably should have, but he's he's got the quality to go out and do that, and he showed that in sort of the fifty over team that we obviously was put together last year against Pakistan. He's got the ability to go and do that. I think Lee's Alex Lee's. Obviously, the one that did really well, um, obviously skippered the lines in Australia this winter and and showed what a real sort of leader he is with those guys. And obviously came into the side in the West Indies and did. I thought he did really well. He, he didn't get the big score that he probably deserved, but he did really well and shaped up really well up top. So that's that's exciting. Obviously, there's Rory Burns at Surrey who's skippered them and took them to a championship winning side. So there's there's plenty of potential out there. It's just trying to find the right one that will that will suit the side leader going forwards and. Can take the team forwards from that, Jamie. I have to
1: ask you how Gareth Batty's going. He uh, he has he has said that anybody expected him to be Mr Angry the coach, as he was Mr Angry the player, would be disappointed. He he said
3: he'd be, <laughs> be very different as as coach. How's he going? Yeah, he's been good. I got on really well with him. He's he's a very passionate guy about cricket. Uh, I feel like I'm very similar. We are both quite emotional out on the pitch at times. As long as you're doing the right things, it's it's the main thing. But yeah, he's, he's almost fitted in quite nicely from Vic, um, Vic Ram, sort of just taken over from Vic's sort of role. And he sort of put it back on us that we've got to take this game forward. We've got to take the club forward. And the, he's obviously just there to support us. But like We've got to go out and do the stuff on the pitch at the end of the day. And he's just, he's there to help as much as he can. And he's always there to help. Yeah, he's, he's always there and around. And he's always there for a little word if you need it.
0: Come on then. Overton v. Overton at the Oval must have been any each other's ear must have been any teammates is here who's going to get the one up and is there any special plans for Craig to Jamie or Jamie to Craig who do you go first come on then Craig what have you got for Jamie oh,
3: not a lot really as long as I don't get out to him, I don't mind um, I don't like- <laughs> so yeah I think it's more important for us to we're both performing for our sides. We're not thinking about who the rival is and obviously it's, it's it's going to be quite a strange occasion that we're playing against each other but more important is that we both want to win win, win games of cricket and one of us is obviously probably going to end up losing on the, unless it's a draw on the losing side so, but we got to make sure that we're doing as much as we can for our side to be able to win the game and at the end of the day I know Jamie's on the other side but doesn't matter who he is at the end of the day. We're just trying to make sure we win our, win our game for, for for our club. And I'm sure Jamie will be exactly the same. It's, we've always grown up wanting to win games of cricket. And whoever is in front of us, we're going to try and find a way of winning that game of cricket. So that's, that's the exciting bit. And obviously, I mean, it's a good week for us both. Yeah, I'd echo that. I think it's one of those, you, you we, we know we're twins, we know we brothers, but it's still a game of cricket. you still got to take... You're playing for your club, you're playing for your own pride, you got to try and do the right things and yeah, it's, it's obviously, it will be tricky but I think if we keep going, how we've done this weekend, we can keep taking that forward, it's, it's personal pride, you want to put, put yourself in the limelight, you don't want to, you can't take an easy ride against each other because then you just sort of, it just doesn't work like that, I know we'll get told off from my dad if we go easy on each other, there's just one thing that just never <laughs> happens, so it's um, it might spite yourself a little bit, but I think that's what that's what we expect each other to do, and yeah, it won't be no easy rides.
1: And finally, Craig, um,
3: are you just concentrating
1: fully on on county cricket and Somerset at the moment, or do you still have in the in the you know the back of your mind the second of June and and the first test of the summer and uh, and your
3: England career? Yeah, I think at the moment it's probably just you can't think too far ahead. I, I sometimes think as a you as a bowler, if you think too far ahead then you, you, I find that you're going to get injured. Whereas if you just concentrate on the here and now and making sure you're putting in performances week in, week week out, obviously you might have to miss certain games just to make sure that you are ready. You're not overcooked for sort of that second of June, whenever it is, it's, you, you have to keep performing to be able to put your name in and I'm, I'm a baller that wants to keep balling over. So I've always rather bother too much than too little just for rhythms and things like that. So it's, I just want to keep playing cricket and making sure that I've in the performances for Somerset and then whatever happens from there happens from there. You can't worry too much about what's going to happen in the future. You've just got to make sure that you're performing when you can. And if that happens again, then that's that's great. And if it doesn't, then I know I've given everything I can for when I played for England to win games of cricket as well. Fantastic. Well, keep taking wickets, both of you. And uh, that dream that
1: we all used to talk about four or five years ago, was it? About the two of you playing for England. Maybe that'll still come true. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Craig and Jamie Overton from uh, Somerset and Surrey. Don't forget, uh, for more dedicated county cricket content, you can listen to our brand new show, Following On County Cricketer, every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Talksport 2. It's also available as a podcast here on the Following On feed. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on Talksport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Double Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. Next up in Part 3, we'll reflect on the action in Division 2 as Sean Masood, Chiteshwa Pajara and Tom Haynes all hit double centuries in a high-scoring draw at Derby. This is the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket
2: to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to The Cricket
1: Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe and former England and Durham fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the shows so far or you want to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Lancashire beating Kent by 10 wickets let's start there Um, Ben Compton the story of the week for me um, only because I've known the lad since he was about six years old just an an incredible story all sorts of stats which which are mind blowing really he played five first class matches um, five county championship matches before this season and scored 98 runs at 14 with a highest score of 20. And in the first two matches of the year, he's uh, he's got three hundreds, three hundred and forty-eight runs at hundred and seventy-four. Um, and as I mentioned last week, he spent the winter in Zimbabwe playing uh, first-class cricket in inverted commas, uh, but scored a couple of hundreds there, and obviously got the taste for it, Army. Amazing. But Lancashire still won, and that's all that matters at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, Lancashire still won. Um, obviously, good hundreds from Crofty and um, and Dan Velas, but give this kid some. Yeah, you know, give him some air time. Yeah, you know, I had Ben Compton, well what two innings as that was. I was seeing some of the footage on it. And he looked as though he was he looked, you know, quite in good in defense, quite solid in defense. He actually defended the ball a little bit like Alex Lee's. You know, he, he looked quite strong in defense. He just looked as though he had a few more shots than what than what Lees did. Um I actually thought the, the dismissal, I didn't think he was out second innings. You know, that, that I thought was okay. it, I thought it was a shocker. I really thought it was a shocker. I watched that again. I thought, hold on. Have I seen that right? He's, I know he's trying to pull. He's, he looks as though he's trying to pull a half volley, but even still, it looked as though it was about a foot outside or stump. And I, I don't think it would hit stump. So, But anyway, yeah, I take nothing away from him. The boy batted well. He started the season very, very well. And like we say to a lot of, a lot of young players, it is a very, very difficult game, first-class cricket. And you've got to start well, because if you don't, the pressure, you know, the, you know that little waiter on you, the Spanish waiter on your shoulders who tells you that you're not having a good time, puts more and more pressure on as the season goes on. After. You're getting on a bus, getting off a bus, training and then going and play. you know, the hardship of a first pass cricket, um, if you hit the ground running, you hit it well and you start well, um, you buy yourself some time and you give yourself a chance. Um, and Ben Compton has definitely done that, and it was great to see. I love watching young players do well. I really do. When they come out, stand out, especially young players who have grabbed their own careers and thought, right, I'm the one that's going to make the decision. He's gone to Zimbabwe, he's worked hard on his game, and he's been royally rewarded at the start of the summer, so good for him.
1: And Matt Parkinson, 7 for 158 in the game. He spoke brilliantly on the yeah. subject of spinners in county cricket at uh, Lancashire's media day before the season started, um, and my goodness me, he, he speaks—he speaks a lot of sense, doesn't he? Um, and are you also of the opinion that it's now Matt Parkinson's time to, to take his bow for England?
0: I actually think it is. I think he's close to it. I think I like his brother as well. I think his brother's not a bad bad spinner as well, you know, finger spinner, because. Test match cricket seems that the finger spins more than it is the shorter format seems to be the you know the wrist spinner uh, or the white ball format but matt parkinson he's worked hard and i watched him work hard and i mean it really watched him work hard at his at his fitness levels in the caribbean he was forever running i remember many many times going on the end going at the end of the game and having a laugh you know, when the fitness trainer would come out and Parky would just troop out behind him and keep I'm, I'm saying to him, Are you still running? You know, are you training for a marathon? Not a, not trying to get trying to get into a test team from trying to get some first class wickets. But what he's done is he's in the winter he's gone away, he's bowling the nets, but he's got himself physically fit. And when you do that, you stand a better chance being durable. And he bowled a lot of overs in first round of the championship. He bowled seven-eight overs this week. And if you're bowling over, you've got a chance of taking wickets. And the boy took he's took a few wickets now. So I think he might be the one that might be knocking on the door to say, if it's not Jack Leach, it's got to be Matt Parkinson.
1: All right. Um, it was nice that everybody was talking about Yorkshire on the field and Yorkshire cricketers um, as they uh, beat Gloucestershire by six wickets. It's what i describe as a, a hard-working win. Uh, everybody contributed a bit here and a bit there when it was most needed. Um, and, you know, uh, some... Some good news for, for Yorkshire, finally. Brilliant news for Yorkshire. And I'll, I'll send
0: Gibbo a message at the end of it to say, first of many in your, your, your new role as coach. And yeah, it was great to see Otis take a gamble. And he took a gamble by taking that, that Yorkshire job. Uh, it wasn't a gamble in my eyes because I thought he, yeah, he was the right person, right fit to go and lead a, a huge county, especially a county in trouble. And and, and, the, and the boys did well. Fisher him four for 19 in in the first innings. This Harry Brook's gonna be a player. He really is. And then that's the thing I've enjoyed about this this these first two weeks of the championship. There's some good young players have now stood up, be counted and got runs or wickets. And, and it's now time for you know the the hierarchy Rob Key to find a way of making sure there's a gap being built, a bridge being built, a gap between first class cricket and test match cricket, i.e. air and the likes of Harry Brooke who got a, a wonderful hundred in the in the first innings and he got 56 and with David Milan in the second innings to get Yorkshire over the line, as well as James Bracey, 177 for Gloucester. You know, that's a couple of hundreds now. You know, it just shows you we have got some good young players in this country. It's now time to sort of find a way of, of transform them from first class cricketers into test match cricketers with now no co- or less COVID involved in the world that we can uh, we can hopefully get some experience into them.
1: All right, high-scoring draw at Derby, Derbyshire have, uh, in just two games, I think, have shown that they're very much entering a new era under the coaching of, of Mickey Arthur. They made 500, Sussex bowled out for 174, and then huge um, innings from Tom Haynes, 243 in the follow-on innings from 491 balls. Tom Haynes has been mentioned. Matty Pryor um, also tweeted that uh, he believes Tom Haynes will play for England sooner rather than later. Well, there are also double hundreds for Teshwa Pajara and uh, Sean Massoud. So, yeah, interesting, interesting fixture. Yeah, good. You know, obviously it
0: looked uh, as though it was a, a decent wicket at, at Derby, Sussex. Young side, how many times have we took the, took the Michael about their, oh, their, their lack of experience when it comes to GCSEs, never mind air levels, and they're going forward? I think what we've seen was a very, very young side after having a time in the field, um, made a few mistakes in the first innings and um, obviously meant to follow on. We're not going to make the same mistakes in the second innings. And Tom Haynes' reputation is, is, is getting you know, bigger and bigger. And the biggest thing that you'll get out of this is the education of batting with Pajara. That's what I took from that. Fantastic innings, brilliant innings, 243. Concentration, you got a shot selection and decision-making. That's what you want from a, one of your top-order players. But having to stand there and bat with one of, you know, one of the game's top, top players, and he has been one of the game's top, top players over the course of the last 10 years, to just bounce experience off that and listen to what Pajara's seeing in between overs, I think that would be so invaluable, so, so valuable for, for Tom Haynes and education itself. So, you know, good on the kid for doing that and hanging around and putting runs on the board. And again, like we've mentioned before, you know, we've, He's just adding to hopefully a bigger pool of first-class cricketers, and we're knocking on a door. Um, and we've now got to find a way of turning them into fir- from first-class into Test match.
1: All right, Durham bossed the game with Leicestershire, but declared pretty late. Um, it didn't seem to matter. I think Leicestershire would, would have uh, would have batted out uh, for the draw anyway. Matty Potts six for for Durham, um, and uh, another big hundred for for David Bedingham. A bit of a late declaration, that wasn't it.
0: Yeah, I think the, the pitch was. I think they probably knew the pitch was a uh, was flattening out. What we found, uh, what we found at Durham is, the, the, because of the moisture, a lot. Well, a lot of grounds are the same now. A lot of the moisture gets sucked out of 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 the of the of the pitches because of you know the the drainage systems in a lot of the international grounds, especially they're having to they do start off as so though they've got a little bit in them, and then they flatten out, and I've flattened out quite. Quite substantially at at, at Durham in, in recent times, and again, Bedingham—he's he's a quality player—and I'm pleased young Potts got wickets. I think this kid's got a future. Him and uh, Bryden Cast, who are obviously he's injured at the minute—you get Cast back fit with Potts, and you've got the experience of Rushworth. Durham have got a bowling attack that can can take twenty wickets. Young Oli Gibson as well made his first-class debut, got a wicket in the in the second innings, but. Think the declaration time was was surprising on a good cricket pitch, but it was always gonna be uh it was always gonna be a draw come the end. Because again, like we said about Leicester last week, if Leicester had capitulated last week, when was it as i batted all the way through? Um, they get beat last week, then they get beat this week. That's what mentally it does to you in, in dressing rooms of pressures you. So because Nico and you had know, the 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 steel that he's, he's, he's instilling into this Leicester side, they managed to hold out for a draw last week. And that stood them in good stead for the challenges they had at Durham in the fourth and ends this week. And they, they survived comfortably.
1: Okay. Um, we'll uh, talk about Glamorgan and Nottinghamshire. Um, Glamorgan winning that game by seven wickets at Trent Bridge in part four. So just to wrap up um, the Division Two, um, Glamorgan really good victory. Go went top of of Division Two with a seven wicket win at uh, at uh, Trent Bridge. Nottinghamshire, of course, won last week. A couple of things um, of interest: Ben Duckett scored over two hundred runs in the game, mm-hmm. and I've seen a number of uh, people closely connected to, uh, to Rob Key suggest that Ben Duckett might be one of those players, positive cricketers who might uh, benefit and, and have their international careers resurrected if Rob Key um, follows through with his stated desire for England to play positive cricket, um, you know, and some, some of the blockers um, might um, fare less well. If, but I mean, obviously Rob Key shouldn't be selecting the team. Um, he should leave that, he should appoint a selector and and and, and coaches but, but anyway, that's so uh, so Ben Duckett um, scored runs for Nottinghamshire on the losing side. Did you see Marnus Labashain running in, bowling seam up and taking two wickets? I've seen him bowling the,
0: the seam up. It was like, if, I think in the winter, there was a lot of talk about, um, I think a WhatsApp group about Darren Stevens is going to get you from the Aussies' point of view. And <laughs> I think Marnus Labashain's gone, I'm not bowling leg spin on these things. I'm bowling seam up. If Darren Stevens can bowl it, 67 mile an hour and get wickets. I'm going to have a go on yourself. And he, to be fair, he nicked, he nicked up, he didn't nick Duggan off, he nicked Tom oh, Moore's off. And then he got a, he got a court and bowled. And I, again, it was a look bizarre wicket, which had a bit in it, which is fair play to Ben Duckett to get the runs he got in the game. Um, but I did see Labuschagne and bowl, Sam Northeastern, him that we haven't talked about for a while, who's been around the houses, Kent to, to Hampshire, um, to Morgan. He, um, he got 85. In in the Glamorgan's first innings, and and you and Carlson again, Kieran Carlson again, there at the end, and talked about Hearns batting with Pajara, well Carlson batting with Labashian. Um, as long as he doesn't turn his mannerisms into Labashian and just listens to what and watches what Labashian does. Again, it's a young player getting valuable advice of somebody who's been there and done it at the highest level, um, which can only bode well for 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 our. You have know, domestic cricketers, so it was a it was a good win for Morgan. at the team who, you look at Knots at home at Trent Bridge, They'll be disappointed that they've uh, they've lost they've lost that because Knots have been one of the or are one of the favourites to win the second division, and that's a huge blow for for Peter Moores and Steve Maleny.
1: Sorry, what did you think about um, Rob Key and my comments about the influence he might have on team selection in the England? In the England setup, I mean, he's talked a lot about playing positive cricket. Runs are a batsman's only currency. You know, he's um, uh, he was not disparaging, but uh, he certainly was quite clear that he's not a big fan of of the Uber blockers. So yeah,
0: he's well, he's not going to. I'm saying he's not going to pick the team, but he has to have the, the job he's got. He has to have a, an eye on the direction of the team going forward. He has to set an environment which is the way that we are trying to build our cricketers. Um, so that's important. If you're managing directly, you've got to put, first and foremost, you've got to get the, the crux of the matter of getting the England team winning cricket matches again. But while he sort of, while that's going on, underneath, you've got to start building a platform to go forward. And if that is positive cricket, you're looking to, you're, you're under-19s playing positively, you're your next level up, whether it's a national academy or an air tours that go where, you're looking to sort of try and pick players from that, which are are going to stand out, and you feel as though with a bit the the right environment, and the right investment, then they'll become very very good test match cricketers. And I think that that's where Rob Key can stamp his authority on that because he can set himself underneath. Well, because at the minute we got to the West Indies with basically an ear tour mentality. And that 8-2 mentality can't happen in Test match cricket. Go for what we want to win now and then build from underneath of a mentality of what we're going to be in two, three, four years' time. Um, And that's what's missing with with the English game at the minute. And I think that's where Keasy can have more of a role at building that side of it. And that's where the likes of Tom Haynes and Rob Yates at... At Warwickshire, you know, Potts, Cars, at, you know, from a bowling point of view, at Durham, Compton, if he starts progressing himself through all these players' braces, that's where the the underneath side of it, they'll learn how to play international cricket from a mentality of what probably Rob is trying to, Rob Key will be trying to to instill on his coaching teams going forward.
1: I've got four other items of news I want to get through, but I keep getting distracted and I'm... Uh, um... I'm going off script here, but Rob Key also said that uh, he would be interested. In, in fact, he said in January on Sky that uh, his choice for England coach would be Ricky Ponting. He's also mentioned Justin Langer. But, I mean, these Australian legends, I mean, there's there's more chance of Graham Thorpe becoming head coach of Afghanistan, isn't there? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah.
0: Who would have thought Thorpe in Afghanistan? I've never seen that coming. I didn't see Gothfield even talk sport, never mind Rob Key. Managing Director of English Cricket. So, thought you going to Afghanistan, anything can happen. I'd be very surprised if Ricky Ponton took any role with, with England, as much as Keezy and, and, and Ponton are, are, are good mates. Langer, I'm not so sure. I, I, I'm really not so sure on that one. Whether you go back to Andy Flower. And you know, Andy Flower, everywhere he goes when it comes to the, the T20 roles, he, he goes, he produces winning groups or sides that are, are strong and steely and, and challenging. That one, Gary Kirsten, Rob Keese, very, very. he was very fond of Graham Ford. That sort of, that sort of mentality, and Langer fits into that group as well. Somebody that's going to give us a bit of backbone, because at the end of the day, we've got some good cricketers. We've seen right at the end of that West Indian tour, we've seen a lot of it during the Australian tour, that we struggle for a little bit of backbone. If we've got a coach that can give us some backbone, You've got some talented boys. You've just got no, no, no steel and determination.
1: Okay, um, Anya Shrubsole uh, retired from international cricket. She will carry on playing domestic cricket. Um, two-time Ashes winner, two-time World Cup winner. Uh, 14 years um, in the England game, and you will know. What, uh, and people still ask me now how how come Alistair Cook retired from international cricket. And is still scoring hundreds um, for Essex at, at domestic level. So, what what is the difference? I mean, you you did it, I know I know it didn't work out for you. You regretted playing on <laughs> um, for hmm. um, county cricket. But why why would Anya retire from international cricket? I mean, she's still she's still got it. She's going out at the top. Yeah,
0: she just had enough. I would you you know you just know that I, I can't do this anymore. I, my, my opinion, from my personal point of view, I, I remember a bit coming off the field at lunchtime. I remember saying to Freddie at the Oval, I says, I think I'm coming with you here. And he's just like, what do you mean? I said, I, I, I don't think I want to carry on. I probably knew before that, but I got to lunchtime and I hadn't had a bowl and the trust levels with the captain wasn't there. I wasn't as good as what I used to be. And I was looking around and thinking, I've just finished the Ashes. We're going to win the Ashes here. Do I really want to carry on and play and go to Bangladesh, South Africa? I've had enough. I really have. I've had enough. And I think Anya's probably in that as well. And she's had a fantastic career. She's done so much for the women's game. Now, winning the World Cup was huge for the women's game in, in this country. You look at, I've mentioned my, my niece on here many times. And she, the love for the, for the game that she's got and the enthusiasm she's got, what, the 100 give to us last year, largely come down to when England won the World Cup, when the women's team won the World Cup. And Anja Shobstall was, was huge in that. And she probably just felt, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go away anymore. I just want to come back and play in whatever cricket. Or you just, you know, and I know how she feels.
1: OK, um, Saqib Mahmood also revealed a couple of days ago that he knocked back an offer from an IPL team, mostly or at least partly, significantly, because he had a chat with Ben Stokes in the Caribbean. Um, and he said that um, that Stokes hadn't talked him out of it, but he said that he, Stokes, had um, decided not to go to the IPL um, and Saqib said, you know, he could make millions uh, in the IPL, but he told me that he really wants to be part of the England test team and to push that team forward. Uh, some people have uh, interpreted that as a sign that uh, that Ben would like to captain the, the team, but he said that before Joe re- resigned. So I think that's putting two and two together and coming up with six. But, uh, but it's interesting nonetheless, uh, the, you know, that Saqib decided not to go to the IPL, um, in order to, to push his case for England. He said he's never been happier on a, on a test match field than when he was playing a test match for England, which was amazing, doubly amazing, given the state of the pitches that he was having to bowl on.
0: 100%. And that, this is the thing. If you if you become a, a, a test contracted player for England, you get paid a lot of money. But I've always said this, Manners, no matter what anybody in 20, 30, 40 years' time, when you're finished... People will look at you, and you, you yourself, every time we do the show, you know, double ashes winning. Yeah, you know, how many Test matches you play for England? How many Test wickets or runs you get? How many times you've beaten Australia? That, or how many times you've England from an Australian point of view? You're always remembered for what you do in Test match cricket. Very rare. nobody will nobody will go on in twenty odd years time and say, I try to think. Some Alex Hills played hundred one day nationals or whatever it was. They'll go on test matches. You all go on test matches. And Saki remember we are got a test to it in the West Indies. And you're also having a look across and thinking, we might be going to go, we're going to go forward because we can't go any lower. And I don't think the England cricket team can go any lower. And he's thinking, right, I want to be part of that. That's what I, I want to be. And yeah, he's got four, what, three games for Lancashire possibly before that first match test. He's got the shirt at this minute in time. And it's up to him to, to, to hit the ground running for Lancashire and get himself in a position to play test match cricket. Um, and I'm pleased he didn't go to the IPL. His time in the IPL will come because he's a talented, talented and skillful boy uh, when it comes to the white ball game. But this one time, I think he's made the right decision to give himself a chance to play in four or five test matches this summer um, and prove that he can play test match cricket.
1: Okay, and finally, Andrew McDonald is confirmed um, as Australia's new head coach on a four-year contract uh, with um, Daniel Vittori replacing him as head coach at Birmingham Phoenix in uh, the 100. Brilliant. Thank you, Harmy. We look forward to uh, next, uh, the third round of the championship. Uh, In the meantime, you've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler and double Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free Talksport app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back at the same time next week to look back at round three of the championship. But for now, this has been the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2.